Please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We are beginning a brand new series on faith. And uh, what we're going to do today is simply introduce it. Uh, there is so much to it, and I will be doing several series on faith uh, scattered over the next, I don't know how many years. But uh, I, I want to start here, and uh, I want to begin in Romans 12.3. We are not going to be looking at this verse in great detail um, until we actually get to where faith comes from, which is uh, probably about the second or third topic that we'll look at. But I want to just do some introductions here, beginning here in Romans 12.3, where the Apostle Paul, writing to the Roman church, says, For I say through the grace given to me. Really love that, you know. Everything that we do is through grace. Amen. God just gives us grace to do so much. But he says, For I say through the grace given to me to every man and woman that is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man or every woman the measure, and that's the Greek word metron, a measure or limited portion of faith. So we are all given a portion of faith. We are all dealt a certain measure of faith. So, you know, as soon as we come into the kingdom, there is a certain measure of faith that is planted in the inside of us, basically. And that is where we begin. Uh, so this, this, you know, <laughs> made, made this point before as well. Regardless of how you feel, you know, some people say, well, I've got faith or, or that person has faith and I don't. You know, brother, I just don't have faith. You know, and, and it, it is a ridiculous statement because if we, everything that we do in our life is based on faith. Whether we realize it or not, there is a natural faith and there is a supernatural faith. I might actually do a series on that, the two kinds of faith. Uh, but I need you to understand that we do have the capacity to believe. We believe, you know, I was giving some examples before. We believe that when we sit on the chair, it will hold us up. We believe that when we get in the car and turn it on, it actually will work. We believe in so many things. And the problem is when things don't work, then we get upset. Because we expect them to work. It wouldn't be wonderful if that's the way we, we believe God. That we just believe that everything would work, and when it doesn't work, we get upset. As opposed to we are thrilled when something works once. You know? And we think, wow, did that really happen? And we're just, you know, I mean, that would be like us celebrating every time we get in the car and turn it on and it actually works. You know, people look at you and go, you're a little bit nuts. You know, every time they get in the car, they're sitting there and praising God for 20 minutes because the car started. Uh, dude, yes, that was meant to happen. Get on with your job. Get on with what you're meant to be doing. And this is something that we really need to take on board. We need to get to the place where we are just believing God. We're just walking by faith. In fact, that's what we're going to see as well today, that we are to live our lives by faith. Amen? That it needs to be a continual life of faith. And that's the reason why we're looking at this, because we never, ever graduate from faith. We always build on faith. And we'll look at that next, in fact. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 1, I want to read from verses 5 through 7. Again, I'm just doing introductions today. Uh, we will look at all of this in greater detail later. But Second Peter chapter 1, I want you to notice even the Apostle Peter writes and he says, Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. I love it that he starts at faith. There's nothing before faith. The first thing you receive is faith. And so he begins there and says, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. I'm in verse 7 now. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. I want you to notice that all of these things are added to faith. And I want you to notice where the whole thing ends. <laughs> you know, it's not, no, notice it doesn't end in brotherly kindness. It ends in agape love. 
if you looked at the original, that's the God kind of love. So we are not to stop at, you know, Jesus said, you know, even the publicans love everybody that love them. That's brotherly kindness, by the way. You love people because they love you. But then there is a God kind of love for God so loved the world that regardless of how much they, you know, dissed him. No. <laughs> okay. He still went and died. Okay. Jesus still died on the cross for us. Regardless. I mean, he says he came to his own and he, his own did not receive him. But isn't it wonderful? He said, for as many as received him. To them, he gave the power to become the children of God, the authority, the power, and everything else. So, you know, again, Jesus died. Jesus showed this kind of love, the God kind of love. It is the final thing. But this is something we work towards. It's not something we start at. And, I, you know, it's, it's really sad to me sometimes where, you know, a lot of the uh, other churches, you know, mainline churches tend to focus on love, which is awesome. But we need to be careful that we, we, you know, we're not getting so caught up in love that we are not learning how to do something by faith in order to be able to demonstrate and able to use our love. Amen? Uh, towards people. Remember, Jesus had compassion and he healed them. He didn't just say he had compassion and he sat there and thought, I wish I could do something for you. <laughs> Amen? And don't ever underestimate the power of your prayers as well. Understand something that, you know, God has... See, what, something that um, somebody brought to my attention recently... Uh, looking at Pastor Bailey, uh, <laughs> you know, she said it's really interesting that, and it's exactly right, because I found the same thing. It, it's interesting that all the promises of God, so much of the promises of God are for those people that are doing something for God, that are out there, you know, uh, uh, engaging in the destiny that they have been called into. And then God says, see, I, I look at it this way. And that's where God says, you, you know, I'll look after you. I'll meet all your need according to my riches. Don't you worry. You go and you do what I ask you to do. It will be there waiting for you. You know, and if you need healing, well, that's there available for you as well. It's kind of like, you know, you work for a company. I, I got this image and, 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 you know, this picture. You know, it's kind of like you work for this incredible company. You come into this company. I mean, it is, you know, it is the best one on the planet because they have all kinds of, what's the word, uh, perks and, and, and privileges and everything else. And this company has this amazing, they give you this gold card. If you have any problems, you just go, you flash this card, they'll throw money at you, they'll throw whatever you need. You just, as, because you belong to this company, they know this company. They may not know you, but they know the company. You show them the card, they go, oh yeah, <laughs> come on in, you know, you can have the best of everything. And that's exactly what God is like. You know, the problem is, we kind of go and say, well, I'm here to pick something up, or I'm here to whatever, and they, and they say, who are you? And because we are always trying to do things in our own strength, instead of having faith in God, instead of doing everything in the name of Jesus. Do you all understand? I will do a series on that too, okay, when we get to it. But the whole point is that we never go in our name, and we, all, we do all the things that we do by faith, because we go in somebody else's name. And we need to have faith that that person will look after us when we get there. Amen? All right. And so, let's continue on. <laughs> In other words, faith is something that we start with and add to throughout our life. And what's interesting is that love is the final quality on the list. And even though Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, it still requires great effort. Can I get an amen? You know, <laughs> okay? Just because he poured it in there doesn't mean you still, you know, you walk in the fullness of it. It takes a long time to develop because love, the first thing, is long-suffering and kind. <laughs> you know, it could have started the list anywhere, but it started there. 
It says, love suffers long and, and is kind. I looked at those two things and I said, God, and he said, do you, do you understand? Now I'm going to preach on love for a minute. But do you understand <clears throat> that that's, that's the heart of love and that is to suffer long with people and still be kind towards them? Oh, that's hard. I'm, I'm going to put my hand up, okay? Well, you know, you're suffering people. You don't want to be kind to them. <laughs> you want to just, I'll love them at a distance. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, but I want you to notice that it says that love suffers long and is kind. So that's a difficult thing to do. And it then goes through a whole list of other things. I did a whole book on it. I'm not going to go through that because then I'm teaching the whole book on love. We're in faith today. All right, but <laughs> I need you to understand that the, the faith isn't such a difficult thing to, to work in your life. It's not such a difficult thing as love. And if you see, you know, the, the, if you see the way it's listed, we, we need to take the, I guess, all the mystery out of it. And we need to understand this is something that you need to release on the inside of you and allow the thing to work. As opposed to love, which almost needs to be forced out because there's so much opposition to it. Are you with me? You know, when you have a person with a bad attitude in front of you, you're trying to love him, and it's really difficult. But I tell you something, when you're believing for, you know, whatever, it's about you. It's about you exercising your faith. It's about you trusting in God. And, you know, God's not going to diss you. You know, God's not going to give you a hard time. He's smiling. He's looking for you to trust him, to believe in him. Amen. And so if we begin to see it in that way, if we begin to see it as something that God invite, is inviting us into, that the whole way is paved for us to walk by faith. Yes, we have a fight. We're going to look at the, the good fight of faith as well. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on which series we get to. But, you know, <laughs> yes, there is a fight. But we need to understand that in our fighting, in that fight itself, we still have God on our side and the enemy that we're fighting is invisible. And we need to understand that if we stand our ground, we'll win. But with people, man, I tell you, they can just decide they're not going to like you and that's the end of it. And then you just have to apply this love and just going to love him. And then you think, do I really have to? I'd much rather love him some other way. <laughs> okay? I'm just saying they can just ruin everything. Amen? I'm just saying. Okay? All right. So we need to acknowledge some of these things just so we understand, you know, that faith, as much as, you know, the devil tries to make it difficult for us, and as much as he tries to get in the way, it is something that you can develop, and it is something that you should develop. Hallelujah. I want you to go to um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, very quickly. Again, I'm just doing an introduction here. I really don't want to get into too much detail. I am, but I'm, <laughs> okay. I want to do an introduction because I just want to show you just the simplicity, the, you know, just the, the foundational place faith has in our life. And in fact, it is the, the thing that got us saved as well. It, notice it didn't take love to get saved. God, if, that, if it was love, nobody would have got saved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? I just, I'm trying to show you something here, okay? Notice the apostle uh, Paul writing into the Ephesian church. Ephesians, uh, I'm going to read verses 8 and 9, in fact. He says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Again, by grace have you been saved through faith. By grace have you been saved through faith. Thank God for God's grace. Everything that God gives us by grace, we are to receive by faith. Can I say that again? Every good and perfect gift that comes from God is by His grace. It's not, you know, we never go and, and pull something out of Him by faith that He never gave us. We can only receive the things He's already given to us by grace. 
Amen? So faith works with grace in that way. If grace has given it, faith can receive it. And that's what we are asked to do. And dear Lord, we have so much in here that we are to receive by faith. And the thing is, just because it says it's yours doesn't mean it's yours because you need to receive it by faith in order for it to actually work for you. So many people are saying, well, if God wants to do it, he can do it. He's already done it. Now it's up to you to receive it. Amen? So even right up to the you know, place where we got saved. For it says, for by grace have you been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And he says, not of works as anyone should boast. So, you know, what we receive is a gift. Everything we get from God is a gift. <laughs> Can I say that? We receive it by faith, but we need to understand that it is not something that we force him to do. It is something that he has already blessed us with, already gifted us. And faith is the thing that pulls it in or receives it and brings it into our life. And that's why it says, you know, the just shall live by faith. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, let's just go there very quickly. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. <clears throat> It says, now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And it says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, God isn't happy with people that just kind of draw back, that withdraw from that and go, I don't know if I can believe God. That is an insult. That is very bad. That's bad when people say, well, just in case God doesn't come through. Ooh. I, you know, you just say, God, one second, let me step away from this dude. Then you can do <laughs> whatever you want. Just be careful. Listen, I understand that, you know, hearing God sometimes can be a bit of a difficult thing. And sometimes we may doubt ourselves, but then we need to know that that's what we're doing. It's not about whether God's going to come through or not. Did we hear right or not? That's the question. Now, that's different. And you need to be able to recognize that. But if you have heard from God, Listen to me. If you have heard from God, then you need to trust him that he will see you through. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> I've said here, can I just read something here? So I've said here, the only things that we can receive by faith are the things that have been already offered by grace, which also means that even though God has already provided everything for us in his word, we do need to receive it all by faith. Hebrews 10, 38 actually comes from Habakkuk 2, 4, which said that the just shall live and have their lives sustained by faith. That's why Hebrews 11, jumping forward now, and verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, now this is, I'm sort of trying to tie things together here. I want you to understand that the very first thing that we receive from God is faith. And then God expects us to use that faith for the rest of our life in God, amen, that we are to walk by faith, and that's in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we are to walk by faith and not by sight, because I want you to notice it says here, without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want you to take, I want to take, back, take you back to the words must believe. I want you to notice that you must believe. God, you know, that's one thing that God, if he was standing right in front of you, he'd look at you and say, you must believe. Do you understand? That's why Jesus says, verily, verily, or truly, or assuredly, all the same translation, okay? He's saying, listen, I know you're not going to believe this, but you need to, because otherwise you just won't do any of the stuff I'm asking you to do. You have to believe. And he's saying it isn't something that you can't do. It's something that is already in you to do. You just haven't exercised the thing. 
Are you all with me? So faith isn't something that, and can I just bring it back here for a second? Faith isn't something that you have to, you know, pull and claw it and try to get into you and then start to work at developing. It is something that is there already on the inside of you that you just need to allow out. Do you know as you allow that out comes all the blessings with it? Oh, amen. This is now slowly moving into another area. And that is everything that you have need of already is in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in you. You say God has got it. Well, he's in you. Guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. And so everything that we have need of is actually in there. We just need to access the thing and allow it to come forth and be a blessing not only to us, but everybody around us as well. See, that is the thing about God. Everything that he has for you blesses everyone around you as well as you. Oh, hallelujah, and praise the Lord, and thank you, Jesus. And I can't think of anything else to say. Anyway, <laughs> okay, it, it is really good news, amen? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting through this very quickly, but I, I pray that you're getting something out of this, because I really need you to get this. You need to understand how important faith is and how foundational faith is. You know, it, it, it has both qualities to it. Just because it's foundational doesn't mean it's not important. It is essential because without it, you cannot please God. Because everything that God will do and everything that God will ask you to do, not only the things that God will do for you, but the things that God will ask you to do for Him, all of it requires faith. Amen. When He says, by His stripes you were healed, that's something God has done for you that you can only receive by faith. Amen. And then when he says, go into all the world and, and, you know, do all of these things, that's you doing something for God, requires faith. You need to know that wherever you go, he's going with you, that you're not on your own. <laughs> you know? He's not on the bus saying goodbye and hope, hope, for, you know, hope for all the, all the best, you know, hope that all goes well. He will not do that. He goes with you. Wherever you are, because some people go, oh, well, you know, I went to do this for God and I don't know where God was. Well, <laughs> I'll go back and check and see whether you heard right. Because there are a lot of people doing good things for God that are not God things. Just because you do something in the name of God doesn't mean God asks you to do it. And God's there. Amen. You know, I, yeah, it's a whole other thing. We won't go there today. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh. Now, a little balance. A little balance here. Okay. As much as we develop our faith, because I need to put this in, I brought love up, I need to bring it back up here, and we need to need, I'm sort of bringing this to a sort of closer circle on this one. As much as we develop our faith, we must always remember what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 too, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, this is 1 Corinthians 13, 13 too, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Now, I need you to understand something that this person, if you, if you didn't have that last little bit, would be the most popular guy in the church. I mean, this person can move mountains. You got a mountain, he'll move it. You got several mountains, that's okay with him or her. Okay, <laughs> you know, they'll just come and they'll blow it out in the ocean. And be like, well, that's it. And you'll be, you'll be under the false impression that this person must be a great man or woman of God. Because they blow mountains into the ocean. And you know, I mean, geez, how else can you explain it? But they must be incredible. They must be so godly. And they can be nothing to God, according to him. Because he says, if you don't have love, you can have faith without love. Isn't that interesting? And that's why we need to have our love working with, excuse me, our faith working with love. That faith worketh by love. Because otherwise, faith can become very, very selfish. 
Because once you begin to use this, and I want to take you to Mark 11, 22, because I want to show you something here. And what I'm bringing out here when, you know, Jesus following the fig tree incident. The first thing he says in Mark 11, 22, he says, have faith in God. And the literal translation has two different versions in there. And they're both right. Jesus says two things at once. Isn't Jesus amazing? He says, have faith in God and have the faith of God all at once in one sentence. And they picked that up. We couldn't write it down in one thing. So we wrote to have faith in God and put a little note. And usually you'll find at the bottom of your Bible somewhere that it'll say, oh, have faith, have the faith of God. Now, the thing, the difference is faith in God is trust in God. The faith of God is the kind of faith that God used to create the universe that was actually put on the inside of you. When God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, he did exactly that. He gave us everything that he had on the inside of him. He put it on the inside of us. And mankind has been tapping into that outside of God and been doing some freaky things with it. <laughs> okay. You know, there's a lot of the Eastern mystical stuff comes from there because they knew there was something put on the inside of us. Man is an amazing creature. And let's not allow them to take everything that God put on the inside of us for God, for us, as his kids. And that is released and energized, and can I use the word supercharged, when we come into the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever they can do, we should be outstripping them with what we can do. Because Jesus said, greater works than these you'll do because I'm going to the Father and things are going to change for you. You are going to go from being dead to God to alive to God, from being an old creation to a new creation, born again from above in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, we are going to be this new thing that has power that goes beyond imagination. And why Jesus then goes in the same Mark 11, 23, that whosoever shall say to this mountain. God gave me a you know, revelation on that. And he said, do you understand why I use the mountain? And I said, I, you know, I said, why? He said, because it was the biggest thing that, that these disciples could, you know, wrap their head around that would be impossible to move. They were standing on a mountain. It was, I believe it was the Mount of Olives. They were standing on the mountain when he said, that's why he said, to this, anybody say to this mountain? Because they were standing on it and he said, as incredible and as immovable as this thing looks. Listen. The way God sees you is as a being that has been given the power to move the mountain out of the way. It is there in you to do it. It would be very sad. It would be cruel, in fact, of Jesus to say that you, whoever says to this mountain, and he didn't say whoever, whichever disciple, he said whoever says to this mountain. Can I read this? He says for assuredly. The reason he says assuredly because nobody's going to believe him. Okay? <laughs> so he says for assuredly. Can I say this to you? If God was standing here and he said to you, assuredly, Louise, I say to you, that whosoever says to this mountain, or surely, Emily, I say to you, that whosoever says to this mountain, surely, Verity, I say to you, or Sarah, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, when I say that whoever, it means don't exclude yourself from what I'm about to say because we hear the words, oh, yeah, he said my name, but this is not for me, you understand? This is too big. Y'all don't know me, Lord. <laughs> okay? The thing is God knows you better than yourself. He made you. Hallelujah. Can we go back to the owner and check to see what our specs are instead of deciding what we can and can't do? Can we, and when we find out that we were made in the image and likeness of God, and when Jesus himself says, Assuredly, I say to you, that whoever, anybody, says to this mountain, 
be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but does believe. This is for anybody that believes that what they say will come to pass. They'll have whatever they say. I mean, they, they, he, so Jesus used the biggest thing that he could, you know, that we could relate to. Like I said before, you know, he could have said a planet or something and it would have just flipped them all out. So let's not look at the moon or anything. He just said, check this mountain out. This is huge, right? This is something that you think would be here forever. And he says, you have been given the power to take something that might have been here for thousands of years and move it. Oh, boy. And then he says, that is the kind of faith that you have that allows you to then go ahead and pray whether it's for yourself or for other people, and know that you're going to get a result. And why he says, therefore I say unto you, watch this now, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. When, when do you believe that you receive them? When you pray, believe that you receive them. And what? You shall have them. Amen. He didn't say you might have him. He didn't say after about 600 years you'll have him. He said, if you believe, if you can do this, again, he goes back to the mountain. Can, can, are you beginning to see this? He's saying, listen, this is what you've been given. This is why we want to study this out. Amen? Okay? This is something so powerful that has been placed on the inside of us that he's saying, listen, if you ever understand, if you ever get a revelation of the kind of power that resides on the inside of you, that you begin, you begin to look at mountains and it won't be a problem for you to move them. And if it gets to the place where you can do that, then you begin to understand that whatever you pray, Whoever you lay your hands on, whatever you want to do, that power is available on the inside of you. And in fact, that's one of the things that I've lear I'm learning now to do, is to see that mountain. Can I, I'll give you this, okay? Is <laughs> to see that mountain and see Jesus looking at me and saying, I'm telling you the truth. Assuredly, I'm saying to you that if you can believe, that mountain will move. And whatever you're praying for and whoever you're praying for, it will work. How much smaller is this compared to that mountain? Amen? And so that's how I've began to approach things by faith now. And I'm thinking, God, you said mountain. So I look at that and say, if I can move that mountain, I can move this sickness, I can move this disease, I can move whatever's in front of me. Hallelujah. Isn't that a good revelation? Amen. Glad you came. This is, this is, just for this, it was worth it, okay? And every time you pray, just think of that. Just think of Jesus saying, you can move mountains. So it doesn't matter where in the world you're praying. For who in the world you're praying. Hallelujah. Believe and things will begin to happen. Amen. So you can see now, you can see why this is such an important topic and why I believe it's just going to be so exciting as we get into it. I don't want you to think, oh God, it's faith again. No, rejoice that it's faith. Rejoice for all the revelations that are going to be coming your way that are going to change the way you look at things, that is going to open up power in your life and allow you to start stepping into and doing the things that God has called us to do without reservation, without worrying, without you know thinking, oh, that is just too much for me. Looking at it and going, come on, Mount and let's see what you got, <laughs> you know, and I mean just blowing the thing into the ocean, and more than anything else, fulfilling your destiny, fulfilling the calling of God on your life, hallelujah, and that doesn't just mean the things that you want to accomplish in your life, but also the people that you want to bless in your life, the people that you want to pray for, the people that need deliverance, 
Amen? That you become God's hands, God's feet, God's presence in their life. Amen. Well, we're going to stop there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll come back and we'll just get on with this, talking about what faith is. Father, we just thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for this incredible subject. And I just thank you, Father, that we're just going to, we're believing for the very best. We're believing for revelation like we've never had before. And, but at the same time, we also understand the, 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 the principle of teach me again what I already know. Things that we just need to hear over and over again because faith comes by hearing over and over again things as we meditate on them, as we hear them again and again and again, that they begin to take root on the inside of us and they begin to develop in all kinds of ways. Hallelujah. That you are able to talk to us about them more and more. The more we visit these things, the more your spirit is there to minister to us about these things. Hallelujah. And so we just thank you, Lord, that we are excited about the journey we're on right now and all the things that we're going to learn. And we are excited about what this is going to mean for our lives and for the lives of all those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.